Welcome to Time Lapse. Your future self says, say something cool and tell him I said it. I'm Misha Stanton. I'm Dan Manning. Um, and Misha, I, I know that you really wanted to record today, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm all set. Like, we set up the studio. It's really great. Yeah, I, I know. But you hurt your leg while we were doing this. And, like, can we... I, we don't have to record right now. I can, like, come no, back fine. to... Misha, I think you need to see a doctor. I mean, you, you know who we could see? We could see one doctor that we haven't talked about on the show yet. We don't talk about... Do we talk about doctors on the show? There's one particular doctor we haven't talked about on this show yet. Like, Back to the Future reference? N- no, no. There, There's a doctor, time travel doctor. It's the it's Doctor Who. We're going to talk doctor about Doctor what? Who. No, what's the doctor on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. I'm asking Doctor Who. No, who's on first? I don't know. Third, Third base. base. So we're talking about Doctor Who today. Doctor what? No, we already did the African Costello bit. We can oh. leave it aside. It's fine. We're okay. talking about Doctor Who today. Doctor Who is a very long-running sci-fi fantasy series. You already know what it is. Yeah, probably. But for like the 10 of you that don't know what Doctor Who is, Doctor Who is a show about an intergalactic alien who helps people by basically out-clevering everybody in the room until the plot ends. Uh <laughs> It premiered in 1963. Uh, fun fact, it was 1963, the day after the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, the ratings were terrible, which is why they released the first episode again the next week in front of the second episode. Probably a good idea. There was other news in the news. Yeah, so it, it stars this uh, this guy. He comes from Race of Time Lords. He's called The Doctor. So he's a medical doctor, right? No, no, no. His name is The Doctor. And he heals people because he's a doctor. I mean, not. Really? He really just kind of Why is his name the, what's his what's his real name though? I mean the doctor as far as we know. Um No one they don't t- really tell why us. Why is his name doctor? That's a title, not a name. Yeah, that's the general conceit of every other character on the show who is confused by his name. You got it. You got it. You can be on Doctor Who too, Dan. I can be on Doctor Who too. Live your dreams. You said he's an intergalactic alien. How does the doctor go between galaxies? Well, he's got this ship. It's called the TARDIS. What is that? I mean, it's an acronym. What is it an acronym for? Who gives a fuck? TARDIS. You just it TARDIS t- is the ship. It's the name of the ship. And Oh, and it's like it's like a cool like an X-wing looking thing. <laughs> it's like a phone booth. Like a phone booth. Yeah, pretty much. Like like Bill and Ted, right? Yes, exactly like Bill and Ted. Actually, oh. Bill and Ted pretty much stole it wholesale. I believe we talked about that in our first time lapse episode. Yeah. Check it out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan totally knows what Time Lords are. We're just doing a bit. Um, uh, do you guys like these bits? Tell, like, email us timelapsepod at gmail dot com if you think we're going too hard with the bits. I don't think we are. We're just having fun. But like, whatever. Anyway, so he's got a spaceship and it's a phone booth, I guess. Yeah, but it's bigger than a phone booth on the inside. It's like bigger on the inside. So it's smaller on the outside. Yeah, if you want to see it like that, it's all relativity, I guess. How is that possible? I don't know. Ask anybody who's ever aped the concept since 1963. Fair enough. Like Douglas Wait. Adams, J.K. Rowling. 1960. So you're telling me that this guy has been playing Doctor Who since 1963. No. No, no, no. So what happens is occasionally the guy who plays the doctor has to wants to leave the show either for health reasons or because he felt typecast or because they were harassing his crew too much and he left the show as a protest christopher eccleston so what they do is they have this mechanic written into the show where if the doctor the alien being receives fatal damage you know get, goes down to one hp they wh- start flashing red and yellow red and yellow red and yellow you know you're not wrong <laughs> That's Actually, you know what? I, you're right. I am not wrong. I was just joking there, but that was the correct version of the thing. Yeah. So they start flashing yellow, and then they expel some sort of life energy, and it heals them, but 
manipulates their DNA with bit errors, like puts them back together as best it can, but they come back with a new face and new personality. Isn't that convenient so they can cast somebody else and let the other person leave? Oh, well, that sounds like a very cheap show running trick. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you call it cheap. I say cheap as an in inexpensive, not as in like... Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. But it, it is kind of genius because it allowed the show to last for 50 plus years. It's the only way it could have lasted that long. Um, you were telling me in the car about some classic Doctor things, about something about the Watcher, okay. I think? Okay, so regeneration has been this weird trick that they use on the show. It's been sort of ill-defined, and they build it as they go along. Um, generally, what I described happens, but occasionally there's something you don't know about or some hitch to the process. Like when the fourth Doctor, played by Tom Baker... He's the big one, right? He's yeah, he's the... the one that most American adults over the age of, like, 30 know. He, yeah. was, he was the big one on PBS in their childhood. Yeah, every time I talk to I mention Doctor Who to one of them, they talk about how they were terrified at 3 p.m. on PBS of this, like, weird-ass fucking show. It was the long scarf. It was scary. <laughs> I've never seen a scarf that long. Oh, God! That was weird. That was a little weird, but no, it's cool. Anyway, so when the fourth Doctor was about to leave the show, he was on the show for like the most out of anybody, I think. He was on there for like eight years. And then he left, and in his final adventure, there was this like weird pale ghost man following them around, and they didn't really know who it was, but he just stood off in the distance and watched them do stuff. Oh, like the silence. No, that's something else. This show's been on for 50 years. They have recycled some things. So they called this guy the Watcher, and then the fourth Doctor dies, and then all of a sudden the Watcher comes over and is like, I can fix it. And he, like, merges with the fourth Doctor to become the fifth Doctor, and it's never really explained or ever used again. Um, that sounds bad. Yeah, there's a couple other, like, better fake regeneration sort of things. Yeah. Um, One I really like is in the sixth Doctor... They had a whole season where basically he was on trial, and the prosecution was this other time lord named the Valiard, which is like an old name for a lawyer. And he was bringing up, like, basically, this is your lifestyle, where they would, like, show clips from the Sixth Doctor being, like, a bad person. And it turned out that the Valiard was, like, an evil version of the Doctor between regenerations from his future that was trying to steal his remaining regeneration so what? that he could live and be the real boy. Wait, how? Wait, do you, there's a limit to regenerations? Yeah, so originally in the show, they wrote in, a, you can only regenerate 12 times, you can only have 13 faces. Oh, of course, you know, because a clock. Oh. I only realized that was true, like, a couple weeks ago. Oh. That, like, you only have 12 regenerations because that's the number of hours on a clock, and I was very angry about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure the show was more arbitrary than that. It was just 13. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So so he had 13 regenerations. So um, the show actually got up to seven and then uh, was canceled, was taken off the air in 1989. And then there was a movie where they tried to bring it back in 1996 with the eighth doctor, and nobody was really sure if that was a real doctor or not for a while. And then they brought the show back in 2005. With uh, the ninth doctor, it was like a continuation of everything they'd done, and um, we're up to... They just cast the 13th one. Oh, yes. I've heard about her. Uh, she's the lady from Broadchurch, right? Yeah. Her name is, oh, God, Jodie Whittaker. I want to come back to her. Yeah. Um, just because there was another time that there was a, a secret regeneration that nobody knew about was uh, in in a recent uh, TV movie extravaganza reveal. It's also a movie movie, I believe. Well, they put it in theaters because you can sell tickets that way. Yeah, a movie movie. Sure. So when the show came back in 2005, there was like this secret war that was in the Doctor's past and they didn't really talk about it. It was a big old time war between um, the Time Lords and the Daleks, which are like robot uh, Nazis. Uh, it's a time war. How do you fight with time? Honestly, 
something cooler than what they did on screen, which was basically just red and green lasers. So do you think they have like like a time gun or something? Maybe they have a giant or like a they have violin. like a big they have a ju- big Stradivarius. Go listen to Ars Paradox. Yeah, seriously, go listen to Time Swimmers. Anyway. Not this dumb shit. So it turns out during the Time War, the Doctor basically, like, burned a regeneration being the War Doctor. He, like, didn't give himself an official number in the canon so that he could be, like, a harsher mentality Doctor that fights in the war. And it was John Hurt, which who, like, certainly lent gravitas to that dumb and concept. And so he was, like, a really grim, dark person, I guess, right? I mean, you wanted him to be, but he never was. He was just kind of another doctor. He was just a kind of a kind old man, to be honest. Yeah, he was just like, hey, what if John Hurt was also the doctor alongside these two strapping young men that have already played the doctor before? Such as? Such as David Tennant and Matt Smith, uh, uh, who have gone on to do other things, I think. What's um, Matt Smith doing? Matt's, uh, he was in Terminator Genesis with a Y. Oh my god, he was! I totally forgot. We definitely didn't talk about that one in our Terminator uh, episode. No, we intentionally did it, but we did talk about it in prep for this, where you told me that Matt Smith played Skynet in Terminator Genesis. Oh my god, he played Skynet? Jesus. Anyway, the movie with the three of them together brings up one of my favorite things about Doctor Who is that like because it's time travel and because they change the actor that plays the main character in subsequent stories, you can have two of them in the same place because time travel. And then they have multi-doctor stories. You get like the fifth doctor and the tenth doctor. Was Davison ever in in an episode with Tennant? Yeah, there, there was a mini-sode with Tennant and Davison. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was really good. And then um, like in the movie, there was 10, 11, and the secret one we never knew about. Eight and a half. Yeah, pretty much. And then in um, the Christmas special that actually comes out this year, they're doing the 12th Doctor and the first Doctor. William Hartnell? Yeah, I mean, yes, his version of the Doctor, but he's dead, so David Bradley is playing him. Yeah, I, they, they had to invent regeneration because he was already old as balls. Yes, but now they had to also recast him because they want the first Doctor there, and there's yeah. gravitas in having that person there. They've also done it before. They, there was another guy who played the first Doctor in a multi-Doctor story once. Just kind of uh, my, favorite, my favorite multi-Doctor story is the time uh, when they go to the fields of Trenzalore, and Clara jumps into the Doctor's time scar. They jump into his jump scar. They do jump into his jump scar. That's not even a joke. And then Clara spreads her consciousness through, or spreads herself throughout time, throughout the Doctor's past, and like they edit her into previous Doctor footage where she's like like hiding behind the corner, stopping the Doctor from getting murdered. Okay, but here's the cool thing about Doctor Who is that like that sounds dumb when you try to describe it after the fact, but at the time that was so cool. That's generally my issue with Doctor Who is that it feels really cool in the moment and then it it, River Song. Oh, are we talking about River Let's Song? Let's just now? talk about River Song. Let's just go right there. River Song is a character that the Doctor meets in the episode uh, "The Silence in the Library." That's not to be confused with the other silence that happens later. Even though that's also in her backstory. Let's not get into it. So there, she's in a library, and there's this character who meets the Doctor, and she's like, "Oh my God, the Doctor! I know you. We totally have a thing together." And then the Doctor's like, "Oh, uh, who dis?" It's actually based on the Time Traveler's Wife, the book. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the concept, like, they wrote it oh, into yeah. Doctor Who because The Time mm-hmm. Traveler's Wife was a book that was out of the... That's a that's one we should do for a future time. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm stoked to do that. Anyway, uh, River Song is like, hey, I know you. And the Doctor's like, oh, my God, I don't know you. And then River Song's like, oh, fuck. Because she knows that she and the Doctor have been meeting out of order. And they're actually friends. They have a really deep, 
deep history. But you don't want to know about that here. They have deep, deep history, and River realizes that this is going to be the last time she ever sees the doctor because the doctor once told her, by the way, if I don't know you before, you're going to die. Like, because I know what happens in the future. Time travel. Yeah, they meet out of order. It's a whole nonlinear thing, and it was great for the one episode where you, like, meet her, and then they bring her back. Yeah, and and then they go into that deep, deep history, and I don't know if it's because of who was writing it or just because there was less design space in that story than they expected when they started writing it, but every subsequent reveal about their history made everything less cool. Uh, River Song is a person who just seems to deal with time weird. David Tennant meets River Song, um, and the next Doctor, uh, Eleven, um, Matt Smith, he meets Amy Pond, and they become friends, and they go on adventures together, and they save the universe a couple times. It's whatever. But anyway, at some point, um, she gets pregnant from her husband, and they, they're having a baby, but they're also on the TARDIS. Um, and, and like the time radiation time radiates into the time baby and makes it a time baby yeah uh, but then also um at the same time amy was kidnapped and replaced with like a secret double so that the baby could be gestated to term taken and then trained into a super ultra hyper assassin to kill the doctor and then that person regenerates into river song yeah there's a whole big convoluted time nonsense that that happens here with river song and yeah i'm getting lost in the weeds here that's the thing is that like you get lost in the weeds and none of it as it was being revealed made it more fun to watch like that's the problem like it's such a cool idea of of revealing this this character's secret history with like that's very intimate with our main character that we've been following for 50 years and all of a sudden there's new information like that's a cool concept but the execution was just lacking do you remember the episode uh, let's kill hitler that was the one that was most frustrating to me because it was going to be a season premiere i knew that it was going to take place in in 1930s germany and as usual i'm always down for some violence against nazis and it turns out that that's just a quote that someone says before uh that that the pre-river song says before they lock adolf hitler in a closet and proceed to talk about shit for like 45 minutes yeah it's entirely a river song and amy pond episode and not at all an episode that deals with its setting which i feel like if you're gonna do let's kill hitler you have to at least do anything with the setting at all there's eventually like a car chase through germany and they have to go to a banquet or something I don't know. It's a very bad episode. Uh, Stephen Moffat, uh, who wrote uh, The Empty Child and um, Angels in the Outfield. Um, (laughs) Stephen Moffat is um, a writer who grew to prominence um, in the first few seasons of The Revival and then uh, took over the show in 2010. I do highly recommend his episodes. The episodes before he took over. After he took over, it just kind of went off the rails. No, uh, I really do want to recommend the episodes he wrote before he took over the show. The Empty Child, which is very, very spooky. It takes place in the London Blitz, which is like Doctor Who's Disneyland. Oh, man. They can go anywhere in time and space, and yet invariably, like every other season, they go to the London Blitz. 1941, London. They love it. And then there's Blink, which is probably, if you've heard of a Doctor Who episode or seen a Doctor Who episode, it's probably this one. It's about the Weeping Angels, which are these terrifying... Um, They're like angel statues that come to life and they zap you back come in to time. Life when you're not watching them. Yeah. It's really cool because the Doctor and the main character of that episode have like an asynchronous conversation. Like you keep seeing snippets of the Doctor's conversation from the future, but they don't complete the conversation till the end. That's the thing. Anytime Doctor Who is frustrating, you can always A, go back to times where individual episodes were like, yeah, that was really cool. And you can look forward to the future where it could be cool again. Much like time travel. Yeah. I mean, like, this show, 
sometimes takes itself a little too seriously, but you have to remember that, like, Doctor Who is silly and fun. Like, there's yeah. so many silly, fun things that happen, like Blink. Blink is really good. Blink is not silly, though. No, but, like, it, it does its concept really well, and it's one episode. Yeah. That's the trick. Is like, seasons of Doctor Who are so-so, but individual episodes can be great. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an episode in season four of The Revival. I'll have to check that. Put it in the corrections. Oh, by the way, do you guys not read those? Check the show notes, and you should read my corrections. They're very nice. Dan making jokes. Um, but there's an episode in season four of The Revival where they go to 1920s and they solve a murder mystery with Agatha Christie. And bees! Beads? Bees. Oh yeah, there's giant bees. Speaking of historical figures, they pretty much meet every single like prominent British figure the last like five centuries. Yeah, they meet like Charles Dickens, Queen Victoria. Do they ever meet Shakespeare? He's got to have met yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, they meet Shakespeare. Of course. There's a, there's an episode with Shakespeare and they also reference J.K. Rowling a lot. There's one with Vincent van Gogh. That one's actually really nice because they yeah. solve the, like, the alien monster of the week crisis in about 15 minutes and the rest of the episode is just like, hey, don't be sad, buddy. Yeah, hey. People love your art in I the know future. you're very sad, but like, it's you're still a really good artist. Like, here, do you want a hug? And then also, they like redo the Christmas Carol in space once. Oh, God, with, I love that one. With flying sharks. Yeah, with flying sharks um, and like cryogenic stasis. And like, and... and like, a Christmas Carol already has time travel in it. We could actually do a time lapse about a Christmas Carol if we were so inclined. But what's cool about the Doctor Who Christmas Carol is like, they take that, they go, we know. And then they up the time travel ante. They like take an old version of the main character and bring him back to his childhood, not in ghost form, but in actual time travel TARDIS form. Yeah, instead of being like kind of a journey into your memories, it's straight up literal time travel. Yeah, it's really cool. Which, to be fair, would probably be easier to get across the point to Scrooge by like having young Scrooge meet old Scrooge and be like, wow, that guy's a dick. And in fact, that's exactly what happens in Doctor Who. That is, in fact, exactly what happens. It's a lot of fun. It's some science fantasy sometimes. It's it's very whimsical at times, but it's also very spooky, which is another reason people like it. Doctor Doctor Who has a consistent reputation for being that good spook. Yeah. That good, like, all-family spook. Well, one of the things that I actually did really like about Stephen Moffat's tenure, specifically uh, running Amy Pond, is the theme of the horror of being separated through time. Like, the the big plot point of Blink was the the way the Weeping Angels work is if they touch you, they basically, like, eat your time potential. I don't fucking know. Yeah, they know, send but... you back in time and then, like, eat all the years you would have lived in the present. Yeah, it's whatever. But they, they basically, you're trapped back in the past. And one of the things that they do with Amy Pond is there's like one story where uh, her husband, he gets erased from the time stream, but then gets put back into the time stream and he's like a plastic centurion soldier. Yeah. And he has to guard her for like 2000 years. He has to guard her for like 2000 years. And there's another episode where they get separated by like 200 years. And there's another episode where they get separated for like 40 years. There's there's a specific episode that takes place in this, now that I think about, really fucking grim retirement home where uh, the inside of the retirement home runs up like arbitrarily faster on the inside than the outside so that you can bring your loved one there and like visit them visit them quickly like basically you get a 24-hour visit that is their entire life and then they die of this debilitating disease so they're in quarantine yeah and you don't have to deal with their shit their their constant separation is was like a big thing of theirs anyway using time as a physical distance um is a is a thing that i did happen to like about like especially the 11th doctor it's really good for, like, I don't know, tragedy. There's also, like, I know a lot of adults who watched the classic Doctor Who as kids. Like, it was on, on PBS at, like, 3 p.m. And mm-hmm. they'd come home from school thinking, oh, cool, another science adventure with our good friend, the old Doctor. 
And then it was like super terrifying and people would hide behind their couches. And that was like a big thing. And I've had problems with the most recent couple of seasons of Doctor Who. But that's the thing is like, even when it's bad, it's still can be good occasionally and it can be good again especially when Stephen Moffat finishes up is Jodie Whittaker gonna be his last season or is was that his last no season this was his last it? season Jodie Whittaker is the first actress to play the doctor thus forcing everyone who wants to refer to the doctor to use they them pronouns which makes Hell me very yeah. happy um we actually had to, we did a version of this episode where we were complaining about the lack of a female doctor, and then Jodie Whittaker was cast, so we had to redo this episode. I'm very excited. I'm yeah, see, no, I'm really stoked. Like I've hated the show for the past three years, but I'm still excited to watch it next year. That's the beauty of Doctor Who. Yeah, as you can always jump back in, and because whatever the Doctor's going to go around space and time, they're going to be very clever. They're going to fix the problem, and then they're going to be good. Yeah, it, you feel clever, you feel uplifted, and like sometimes you just you just want some simple stuff, and I think that's all. I have to say about Doctor Who, the good, the I, bad. Which is great, because I think we really do need to kind of get you to a hospital. Can yeah, we my see foot hurts a lot. A doctor that is not that doctor. Yeah, so uh, let's wrap this up real quick. Uh, thanks for listening to Time Lapse. Um, we're like going to record the mailbag episode like tomorrow or something, so that's pretty much all the time we have for that. But thank you for sending all of that in. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Eno Friedman Broadman for letting us use his song Leather Ice Cream as the intro and outro of our program. It's really great, and he's a super swell guy. Uh, all right, can we... Please see a doctor. Yes, yes, let us it's, go. My foot hurts. It's time to go to a hospital. Time lapse to go to a hospital. <sighs> Misha, get in the fucking car. A product of the Whisper Forge. <laughs>